In the famous words of Sir Elton John, You know you can't hold me forever. I didn't sign up with you. I am not a present for your friends to open, and this boy is too young to be singing the blues. Happy Monday. I'm Jess, and welcome back to the show. I just want to say it has been a crazy week, and wow, I cannot believe I am already on episode 6. After releasing last week's episode, I realized there was so much more that I wanted to cover on that topic. I was about to make a mini-sode about what did happen at the Elton John concert that I do remember, but I felt it was more appropriate to just dedicate this episode to not only the concert and what happened, but how it affected me and how I have tried to heal so far from it. Starting off with the concert, there are so many embarrassing details because of just how intoxicated I end up becoming. The part that sticks out most to me, as most of my close friends would be able to back up, is the fact that, because I was so used to doing haunted house makeup for the season, that my brain went into this drunken autopilot and I did my makeup for the haunted house. So essentially, I went to Elton John's concert in Atlanta with a half a face of haunted house makeup and regular eye makeup. My mother didn't even attempt to stop me because she didn't really care. She was living it up every second of it. There is a Snapchat video buried deep of me in this night singing along to Don McLean's American Pie while drinking and doing my makeup. She still didn't try to help me. She just watched me drink myself into a frustrated mess on the night that I had been planning for months. The moments I do remember of the concert were unbelievable. In those moments, I was not hurting, I was not drunk, I was not thinking of anything but the music coming out of the person I've admired my whole life. Not on a record, iPod, radio, CD, but right in front of me. And one thing I can say is I at least remember a verse from every single song. But outside of that, the concert was a blur. So I could tell you all about his outfits and the lights and even what order the songs were in, but only for the brief moments and the videos on my Snapchat to back them up. It was the best and worst night of my life only the best because I actually did get to go. And I try to hold on to that fact as a silver lining for the whole experience. Another part of my healing, just in general, is before any of this happened, 
in the recent years when the movie Rocket Man came out, and also the book Me by Elton John, it helped me see through my mother too. I had so many things showing me how horrific my mother truly was that I felt all of this had to have a reason. So I held on to that reason tightly, and I ran with it. And now as I sit here and write this today, I am so thankful I stayed, and that I never gave up. Because being here and sharing with you means more to me than any opportunity I have ever had. And in a way, everything has led me here. The memories from the trip to Atlanta still haunt me to this day. I still struggle with just how bad it really was. It doesn't even feel real. But when you have proof, you know it's real. Proof is something so powerful. Holding proof to a narcissist is a surefire way to start a war. And starting a war is why I no longer have a relationship with my mother. I took back my power from my mother by leaving, and it started when I moved out. At 19, when I was at least able to wedge that gap a little bit. Through the whole event of the scam and her true colors coming out to everyone, my father and close friends of hers would mention to me that she got worse when I moved out. She became restless and started acting out of impulse more, because I was no longer in the same home as a source. Her mental decline became worse when I started to realize just how much of an influence she was in my life. I never knew why she had such an issue with me doing things I wanted since I was out of the house. I thought she shouldn't really care if I don't live there. So, why, at 20 years old, was I still calling and texting her when I leave and get home from my own house? She's not there, so why am I checking in this much? This is just another classic display of narcissistic influence. There is a difference between checking in with your parents because you genuinely care and feeling like you'll be punished if you don't reach out. A year has passed, and at 20 years old, I was living with a boyfriend, and she still had complete control over my thoughts, actions, and decisions. She used to call me if she hadn't heard from me by 10 a.m. every day, with texts like, What are you doing? Why haven't you texted me? Are you upset? Asking every question possible to find out why I wasn't giving her attention. My mother did so much to keep her grasp around my life that I think it really was what drove her to this final bout of hysteria. She didn't have me there anymore, and at this point she was just home alone all day with the family dog. Left to her own mind. Because until I moved out, I was still at home with her so much, so the time she spent alone with herself was very slim. Based on what others in my family have told me, she's never really been on her own. So, 
Now that I wasn't at her beck and call when being home, she was alone unless my dad was home from work. And even then, she kept him busy. The behavior of my mother the weekend of the concert was much different than any time before. Out of all of the years I had seen her switch between moods and personalities, this was some advanced shift that honestly scared me more than I had ever been scared. Because I knew the person wasn't real, and the lengths in which she was going to defend the image of this perfect relationship with the scammer was absolutely horrifying. I never truly knew who she was or what she was going to do next. It was this chaotic guessing game my whole life that instilled this terrifying anxiety in me that to this day, I fear this in almost everyone. I know that you can never truly know anyone, but growing up with a narcissistic parent who at any moment could switch to an entirely different person or behavior, you feel like you cannot trust anyone. I'm going to go off script here for a second and touch back on that. Growing up feeling like you cannot trust anyone is genuinely one of the scariest things outside of actually dealing with a narcissistic parent. Because if you can't trust your parent and you expect everybody to do what your parents done, who do you turn to? It makes you not even know if you can trust yourself because the feelings that you're feeling have never been validated. And that right there is the one thing that had to be told to me. I genuinely had to be told and reassured by people that not everybody was out to get me. Because it felt like anybody I met, any relationship, any friend in general, was just going to use me or take advantage of me the way my mother did my whole life. So, with that, let's get back to it. Healing from all of this has been a scattered process. It's never the same for anybody when trauma happens, but I know all of you know how similar this feels. The confusion and the hurt and the wanting to know why. Why? Well, something I learned about that is there might not be a why, just a how. This is how they are. And they do these things because in their mind, it's entirely justified. So when I found myself asking why, I had to realize I will never get that answer. Especially from her. But at this point, I didn't really want the answer anymore because I found my own answers. I answered all of my own whys by talking to myself. 
and asking questions that countered how all of this made me feel. I had to bring all of this out in order to silence these questions. I knew I had to let this make me stronger. I had already given up so much of myself for so many years that I could not let this break me. I could not let another thing get in the way of living a happy life, especially something at the hands of my mother. The one person who was responsible for all of this pain. I could not let this break me anymore. I went through what felt like a thousand levels of grief, and I'd be lying if I said some days I don't still feel it. It doesn't go away entirely, at least not this soon. The amount in which I have hurt now, from all of it, is at least less than ever. The best thing I did for myself was shadow work. If you haven't ever heard of shadow work, it's basically when you sit down with yourself and force yourself to look at all of the bad and everything you hate and write it all down. At least that's what I started doing. I knew in order to even progress forward in hopes of moving on from all of this, I had to do something. So when I sat down with myself and really let everything come out, I could see it for what it was. I could see all of the pain. I could see all of the hatred. I could see her and all that she did and everything that she made me feel. And I could also see how that invalidated me and made me feel like I was nothing. I saw how the pain was her winning and realized she did not deserve my pain. She didn't deserve me to feel bad about anything she did because that's what she wants. If you are able to not let them hurt you, then you're already healing. If you are able to see that they are this way, then you are already healing. Shadow work is not easy, and a lot of the times it is going to hurt, just as much as what they've caused you to feel. It's called shadow work because these dark emotions are like shadows in our lives, and we have to get them into the light or they will always be in the darkness. Because you're reliving it in order to try and let it go. It may seem backwards, but I didn't understand it until I let it out. When I walked away from all of this, the words of Elton John's song resonated through my mind. I finally decided my future lies beyond the yellow brick road. That had so many levels now, and even though I had heard this song played since I was in the womb, the words finally screamed out and made sense. The funniest part to me, and maybe it's just my twisted humor that I developed through all of this, but if you're caught up with my episodes, I mentioned the house I grew up in being a fun house. Well, due to my mother's need to have everything whimsical, there is a yellow brick road pathway to walk on in the backyard. So, 
in a way, the song really hit home at this point in my life. His music got me through all of this, and it still does. And with that, I am going to end this week here. I hope you have enjoyed and have felt some peace in this time. I hope that if you're healing with me, that you're able to keep your boundaries strong. And until next week, breathe for me. I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MMTN Podcast for My Mother, The Narcissist Podcast. You can also check out my interviews this week on Pull Out and Run Radio. I had a wonderful time talking with my friends on there and sharing this podcast. They too are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, Facebook, and more. I will be back Monday with another episode about how narcissistic behaviors can influence and control your life. Specifically, I will be covering the eating disorders and issues that are symptoms of this abuse. As we continue in these episodes, I will continue to bring to light the issues and daily struggles of being the child of a narcissistic parent. This isn't just about my mother. It's about all of us. It's about you. And what we are going through every day at the hands of this. Whether it's behind closed doors or closed behind doors in our mind. This is a place for all of us to feel less alone. And once again, thank you for being here with me. I will see you all on Monday.